0: Welcome to Enterprising, a podcast from Enterprise Bank & Trust that's empowering business leaders, one conversation at a time. We'll hear from different business leaders about how they've found success in cultivating their professional networks and keeping them healthy and strong. I'm your host, Alana Mueller, an entrepreneurial executive leader whose primary focus is to connect, inspire, and empower community. We at Enterprise Bank & Trust thank you for tuning in to another episode. Hello, welcome to another episode of Enterprising Podcast. So great to have you here with us today. And even greater is that my friend, Nalima Paraskar, is joining us today as our special guest. I'm so excited. So Nalima is the owner, president, and chief executive officer of Snap IT Solutions, an innovative technology training services and solutions company. Nalima founded Snap IT Solutions with a mission to empower communities and create opportunities in technology and engineering. And she has certainly done that. Nalima, welcome to Enterprising.
1: Thank you, Elena. So great to be here.
0: Oh, it's so great to see you. It's been such a long time. Tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself and about Snap IT, and then I want to dig into networking, which I know you are very familiar with.
1: Thank you. As you have mentioned, we are a technology solutions company first, but with the division of trainings within the company. This trainings division constantly puts our pipeline into the IT market, not only for Snap IT, but also for other technology companies. So Snap IT is built on a specific business model. We have its patenting is on process. It's called Snap IT Sprint. The first division of the model is the trainings division that I referred to about custom trained for adults and young adults to get into IT. The second is the salts division, where we create products for small medium businesses and utilize the talent that we have brought in from trainings into developing products with less critical timeline and milestones. And the third division is pods and placements. This enables us to bring in work from big corporates and get the work done with the talent that we have developed. And also in future pipeline, we're looking at placing the talent the amount of trainings that we have done for the students has gone exponentially high. So this has created another avenue for us to place talent in the industry.
0: How cool. And gosh, what a perfect time to be doing that. You know, we're hearing so much about in the marketplace about just the difficulty of attracting and retaining talent. So the fact that you are creating the pipeline and actually getting people in the positions they need to be in. It's just so fabulous. So great, great work. Very cool. Thank you. You know, I, in sort of preparing for our conversation today, I was thinking back to, I don't even know how many years ago when we first met and I remember I met you at a society of women engineers event and, you know, you came right up to me, you introduced yourself. And from the start, it was so clear that you are a person who's very comfortable with networking. You put everyone around you at ease. And frankly, you exude a warmth that draws other people in. We People want to come and talk with you. I want to know, how did you formulate your approach to networking? And what do you do to effectively nurture your own contact base?
1: Thank you, Elena. I think it's probably you that made me talk. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, I did enjoy our meeting. You came across as much with the same intense communication skills as much as people around us were attracted to you as much as I so I share the same respect. Thank you, thank you. So to answer your question really I have reflected on how I behave in different environments when I like the nature in which we are coming together, the topic or the the reason we are networking. That's the first check mark for me. And then the people who I interact with, it's very easy for me to interact with people with a higher purpose rather than just a business need.
0: Mm, I love that.
1: Which later on, it probably, I educated myself to know what portions in which we have to utilize it in order to keep my progress on the company. And the third one, obviously, is am I enjoying this company? Yeah. Do I really like the people that I'm interacting with? If I do, I'm at my best to interact. And it was not the point of confidence. It's, it's the point of how much can I be myself mm-hmm. in the company. And it helps to have a great city like Kansas City, who we love to network. And people are great almost uh, at every event. They're great at it. Some people either take it to the far right or far left, where they're totally business or they're totally having fun because they have not, no other place. To be at. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's true. So how do we navigate those communication, those center points where they we are coming together on a purpose
0: mm-hmm.
1: with people who are more thinking about more than just themselves and their the purpose that they represent? So only then.
0: Yeah, I mean, but so, I think, wise about that is, first of all, just the notion that you would begin with purpose, which I think we should all do. You know, our companies all have mission statements. And so, you know, I think to the extent that we can have either a personal mission statement or at least a a purpose with which we're approaching various interactions, I think that makes so much sense. So I love that. And then secondly, when you talk about understanding the balance, kind of the balance... You know, is this a social call? Is there a future opportunity? And in some ways, you're sort of you're gauging that as you go. But I like that you're getting again both some personal benefit, but then also thinking about the long term benefit to your company of having this interaction, and, and that you're trying to strike a balance. I think that that is terrific. And then, are you enjoying the people you're with? So yeah, you're right. It, you know, in in a friendly city like Kansas City, people at networking events tend to be friendly but you know certainly there are some interactions that we appreciate more than others so the fact that you're sort of constantly measuring that i think is really wise really wise you know one of the things that i have been chuckling to myself about i don't know if you'll find it quite as funny but most engineers that i know would not call themselves great networkers <laughs> they they don't perceive themselves as great networkers they're not natural born networkers The funny joke is I actually think engineers have a great time and I think they have a very high capacity for interactions and great networking, but I think, you know, common lore says otherwise. Talk to me a little bit about how you have encouraged your own team, a team of engineers to embrace the power of connection and what that's meant for not only them individually, but for the company. So I've been in the IT
1: world for about 20 years, 20 plus years, and I'm a dual engineer. I'm a mechanical engineer and a computer sciences engineer. A
0: real nerd. A real nerd. <laughs> total, total nerd. I'm good with the nerds. My favorite kind of people. So that's great. <laughs> that's right.
1: I would call engineers. I know there is a term nerd for an engineer. We all communicate in different ways. They are too. Right, the popular way of communicating is obviously to strike off or off balance topic and then be able to continue that topic and bring it back to the on balance, right? The topic and kind of mix it together. So some engineers may call it fluff, but it's proven that the fluff actually is the bond for certain things. So it's a combination of things that. Sometimes engineers are subjected to being a nerd because of that, because they're on target, on mission, on getting things done. I would say I encourage my team to be more vocal, especially after this situation we are all in, the little unconvenience. Exactly. That actually helped quite a bit for our company to I- interact with each other a lot more. So when COVID hit, we started having weekly. Team meetings. That's a total optional meeting, but we had weekly team meetings where people would come and I would call on each and every person and talk about what's new, what's different, what's bothering them if they want to share. And maybe one or two weeks we went with not very many people sharing. But by the end of three, four months, we all know about each other's lives and each other ways of doing many things. And we heard pretty weird stories
0: sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm sure. So people were comfortable. Would you have had those conversations? I mean, I, you know, I know we would never have wished for isolation or for COVID. You know, we would never wish for these things. But... I always look for kind of what were the most wonderful things to happen during times of isolation or times, the time of the pandemic. So my question is, do you think that the team would have gotten to know each other in this way had it not been for the pandemic? Had it not been for these special meetings that you were calling?
1: We do have a good culture in the company. I'll tell you, actually, one of the best cultures that I've seen. It's not just because of me. It's because of the team that is coming in. We have a wonderful, diverse team, as you know i think we would still have it but very siloed interactions this forced people to be on one platform at the same time hearing whether sometimes you may not have the time or not right to listen and learn about each other and then we have these chat channels by the interest that they have oh great different interest channels we have music, we have movies to watch, we have so many channels that people get in and contribute. So we now know each other, at least a little bit about each other. Mm -hmm. And we've been growing, we started COVID with maybe 20 plus employees, we had contractors but 20 plus employees probably. Now we are 40 plus, maybe even 50 employees.
0: So you've more than doubled during the time of COVID. which is amazing, amazing. So in two years, you've doubled size. And have you been working in an office together or has it been mostly hybrid or mostly virtual?
1: After the three months of lockdown, Mm -hmm. we opened the office, but I still have work from home option for pretty much all of my employees. They do have an option to come to office and work from office, but there is no mandate Right. To get to the office. So we have an office, could good 10,000 square foot office that has <laughs> five,
0: maybe 15. <laughs> Lots of space to socially distance, I suppose.
1: Right. Yeah. But we've been delivering projects on time, on target, sometimes even before. So I'm not complaining as long as we're all healthy, safe. Sure. We do want to come bring people in one uh, at a time because I've seen some cases of mental health issues come up and they like to be interacting with each other, you know, things like that. So maybe it'll be time in a few months to really encourage people to come into.
0: Yeah, I think that's great. I want to ask you about, for you personally, your own, your own networking, can you tell us about maybe one interaction that has really resulted in a breakthrough for you? Has there been, either personally or professionally, somebody who you've come across that has just been, it's been a very meaningful interaction?
1: When I was Kaufman's Kauffman's Innovator in Residence program, it's an inaugural Innovator in Residence program. They put seven of us together from all over the world. And one of my co-innovator was Ade Mobugunju. He is the Stanford scientist for 28 years. Wow. And I still keep in touch with him after three years of that program being done. And he, I keep asking Ade, why do you ask so many questions? Are you doing research on me? <laughs> so we ended up doing a white paper together that was published in International Engineering Journal, where Stanford and Kaufman was showcasing Snap ID as a case study. Neat. That relationship didn't end with IAR. That relationship didn't end with white paper. It continues. Yes. It continues to a place where he calls up once in a while and says, Elima, hey what's happening with Snap ID? What's happening with you? Yeah. What's, you know, so that guidance, that, I mean, I don't pay him for doing that, right. which probably I should. But those are the things that <laughs> advising. And he gets to research on many multi I mean, national corporates, especially in IT, because it's, right. it's in the design and engineering space. So networking should bring that kind of an impact. And I have a couple different, different, yeah. you know, pearls embedded into the industry that reach out to me. And again, it goes back to, I think, sticking to the mission and vision. Yes. Sticking your line to the core, believing it first so much that you have done everything in your power to prove it wrong and then say, okay, this is probably going to work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly, That's
0: exactly right. I love it. I love it. I know there's a formula for that. That's so great. Well, and what a special relationship. I mean, so when you talk about a day, the, kind of layer upon layer of interactions. It wasn't just your program. It wasn't just the white paper. It's sort of, you can point to many different kinds of touch points. And you know, that's one of my favorite things about networking is that it shouldn't be what have you done for me lately as you and I have talked about before. It's much more about a series of touch points. Sometimes there's a transaction, right? Sometimes a white paper is written. (laughs) Sometimes you engage in a program together, but it's layer upon layer of experiences. And that you just build on that. So what a special, wonderful relationship. Have you had an opportunity to share some of your own advice with somebody who's trying to grow or cultivate their network? What have you said to people? What do you encourage people to do?
1: Absolutely. Elena, I don't know how I became, but I've been referred to many people who are considering coming to Kansas City. Yes. And who is in tech or IT, anything related to that space. I keep getting referrals for in people in Kansas City wanting the people who are moving into Kansas City to come speak to me. How cool. About Kansas City ecosystem. So that's been very interesting, especially the past two years. I've had multiple conversations with people who were moving in or considering moving into Kansas City saying, what can you tell me about this ecosystem? What can I prepare?
0: You're the Kansas City brand ambassador for the IT (laughs) sector. (laughs) That's so great. That's very cool. And so you've been able to sort of share your own experiences and I assume hear from them what their fears and concerns are and, and try to address that.
1: Yeah. And of course, I do participate and I do speaking or mentoring events throughout the Kansas City area if anybody is interested. But my heart goes mostly towards the younger generation. I know there's so much of what we taught on the internet for adults to learn and grow. Yeah. If somebody asks me to come speak to a bunch of kids and young adults, I am there. Yeah. That's the few, nothing against or, you know, towards the adults as such. I just feel like with the world of Google and internet and so much resources online. If I have to dedicate a little bit of space to give, I want to give as much as possible to the next gen.
0: Well, okay. So it's very good timing. I wanted to talk to you about this because I have to say one of the things I most admire about you and about Snap IT is that I know that the organization at your direction has trained more than a thousand students in IT skills over the past few years. Correct me if I'm wrong, but... It's my understanding that 80% of the students that you train are placed into apprenticeships and or internships in technology. And I, can only imagine just sort of the places that these students will go as a result of this grounding. I mean, that's amazing. What I'd love for you to talk about is how did you get involved with this? How do you recruit and get these kids involved? You know, of course, I want to go back to networking, but talk about the ways that networking has factored into this effort, both from a recruiting and retention perspective, as well as how you actually educate the participants.
1: So when I put Snapade's sprint model together, when training was one of the main and first component, I really knew that I was just by myself, maybe my trainers kind of thing, right? We didn't have the manpower, woman power to get out there and find the talent that I'm looking to hire. So soon I learned that there is, which I didn't know, there is something called workforce agency exists to really the truth. I had no idea that federal organizations support these workforce agencies, even statewide, and they have many other supporters. These workforce agencies are supported and funded with a very purpose to bring more workforce into the industry. But their focus was mainly in the manufacturing and construction for our Kansas City Midwest area, especially Kansas City. So I started putting one thing to another and I started promoting technology trainings to these organizations, knowing that thousands of people who are wanting a job is walking into those agencies. Not every everybody who walks in is our prime candidate for training. But if they walk in and say, I want to get an IT or tech, tech probably is that common word, that would be our tag into okay, these are various options that you have. That would be them promoting various options of trainings that they have. Now, obviously, they can promote Snap IT, right? They have to be ubiquitous, I mean, you know, agnostic about trainings. But in case the student hears about Snap IT, initially first two rounds, we had to really put our foot forward. Yeah. But after the first two classes graduated. It literally went viral in the community that the students came through. Wow. We were told that their families were coming to graduation talking like they were walking a Stanford. (laughs) It it was, I was bawling. Oh, that's so great. Because it takes three to five months of their time, pure concentration and mind boggling information to go through, to get through it.
0: That they become your best marketing department.
1: Exactly. (laughs) So people started hearing about it.
0: Yeah. I just love it. And I love that, uh, you know, you've sort of continued to follow them. You help them to find opportunities. I mean, talk about the power of connection. That's just amazing. Just amazing. So thank you for what you do there. It's just, I, I think it gives me sort of great confidence in the future that students are getting trained by the likes of you and your amazing company. So thank you for that. I have a couple of fun questions I want to ask you about. If you could meet with any one person for just a cup of coffee, just to get to know them for networking purposes, who would it be? Uh, Anyone? It could be fictional, non-fictional, living, otherwise, what would you say? RBG, maybe. Okay. (laughs) I'm good with that. How fun would that be? I know. I know. Yeah. So great. I've been called that. I'm like, what? No.
1: But I'm following her story in her journal. And of course, it's very interesting, her path. Yes. She didn't start off thinking and knowing that she would do it, she fell into it and she didn't give up. That's right. Yeah. That she would be a good
0: networking. She would, and she did, Have didn't a she? a coffee
1: with her. I'm That's right, crazy. I
0: know. Talk about somebody who was well caffeinated without needing any caffeine, too, right? I don't think <laughs> she slept. <laughs> petite, no sugar. Very petite, no sleep, I, <laughs> plenty of I, exercise. Yeah. Great choice, great choice. How about this question? What, what's currently on your nightstand?
1: Oh, it's uh, the Himalayan salt lamp. Oh, Nice. And a bunch of, like, I have a glass a jar that has a bunch of seashells that I gathered from different places that I went. So, ocean beach place is my favorite. And I've never lived in a beach. I was gonna say, <laughs> I, exactly. You don't come from a beach town. So, that's
0: pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. I love it. So
1: bringing that little bit of the vacation spirit.
0: Love before it. I sleep,
1: and my favorite candle.
0: If you were to reach into that jar of seashells and pull any shell out, would you know where it came from or not so much?
1: Ah, uh, not so much. Okay. I wish. That's a good idea. I may have to yeah. write it down. You might have to start time. writing them,
0: right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's right. Well, as ever, you are just joyful and I love talking with you. I'm so glad to have you on Enterprising. Tell our listeners where they can go to learn more about you and your company. Snap IT Solutions website that is snapit dot solutions. I love that, SnapIT.solutions, very cool. Nalima Paraskar, I love talking with you, come back anytime, and thank you so much for sharing your knowledge, your warmth, and your ideas with our listeners, you have a wonderful day.
1: Thank you, Elena.
0: I love this discussion. Thanks for joining us this week on Enterprising. Be sure to visit our website, enterprisebank.com slash podcast to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. If you found value in today's program, please consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or telling a friend about us. Enterprising, powering business leaders, one conversation at a time. The views expressed by enterprising presenters or guests are those of the presenter or guest and not necessarily of Enterprise Bank & Trust or its affiliates. All content of this podcast and any related materials are for informational purposes only. Enterprise Bank and Trust does not make any warranty, express or implied, including warranties of merchantability and fitness for a particular purpose, and specifically disclaims any legal liability or responsibility for the accuracy, completeness, or usefulness of any information presented. Enterprise Bank and Trust is not under any obligation to update or correct any information provided in this podcast. All statements and opinions are subject to change without notice.